The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It's time for a different take on spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter. Why, hello everybody and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter, kind of a spiritual journeyman kind of guy and media producer. I run a website called youthrivehere.com. I'm also happy to be the current president of the board at the Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore at cslgreaterbaltimore.org. Now, my regular co-host, Sarah Bowen, is off with some sort of excuse that she's writing a Aww. book or something. <laughs> but but I do have a very special guest that joins us often, Royce Christen. Royce is an actor, director, and the author of the book, Scripting the Life You Want, Manifest Your Dreams with Just Pen and Paper. Royce, how you doing? I am not one for uh, short titles there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I don't What is with this Sarah? She's writing another book. I know. Can I, you like, can you believe that? Dragging me out of bed in oh LA. Good on here. But oh no, I'm really goodness. excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. It's always great to have you on. Um, so we've got a psychic coming on today. And I just wondered, you know, what, what are your thoughts on psychics? I love them. Are you kidding me? I grew up with a grandmother and mom who were both psychic. Now, they didn't do it professionally, but I mean, my grandmother could have. I, that was, I think, the weirdest experience that I didn't realize till growing up later because they were, I mean, both extremely clairvoyant. So there was no lying as a kid <laughs> that for kind me. of sucks in a way that's what i was saying it's like it's one of those things i didn't realize was weird until i was like in what second grade when you when you go oh what your grandma doesn't know every single thing going on in your head yes yeah, so psychics <laughs> are awesome i've had you know i gotta say i was thinking about this in, you know knowing that we were gonna be talking to vincent today but i was thinking about this yesterday um and even this morning how i've had such great fantastic luck with psychics for real though like my whole life, besides my my weird upbringing, just like, you know, when you're, well, th is this weird too? And I was 15, I, my best friend got me um, a, like a palmistry reading and then uh, like for Christmas and she would get me all sorts of like psychic readings were our thing. And this is back in, in New York. And we would go down to like the Jersey shore. And I remember there was this one psychic who was just so talented. She would have like a line out the door like you'd wait in line for like two hours to get a 10 minute reading, but um, I'm excited. I love psychics. What about you? What do you, how do you feel about psychics? In well, general? I definitely think, uh, I definitely think people have the gift. I think everybody has the gift to some extent, but there are definitely people who are really honed in on it. I think Vincent yes. Jenna, who's coming on the show is definitely one of those folks. I think sometimes you got to be a little careful because not everybody that purports to have psychic know, powers, does. sort of powers has really 
necessarily gotten there. But, you know, I had an experience um, years ago uh, with an intuitive healer who diagnosed some medical issues for me. And also, you know, my wife and I had had several miscarriages and, you know, we kind of wondered if there was the possibility going to happen for us. And she said, look, there's this little boy waiting to join you. And um, sure enough, you know, my son son joined us. What'd you say? He's he's 14. 14. I was 13, 14. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And so that was really cool. I really it's hard it. or not hard, but it's it's interesting. Obviously, you know, growing up studying acting since I was like nine years old. So as an actor, and I, I have a lot of friends who who are on TV shows and who are very well known. And we we've talked about this exact topic before because it's really easy to fake being psychic because you just have to know how to read a room and read a person, which is what we're taught to do as actors. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but but I still maintain everything I said and it makes it actually more exciting and easier to appreciate a real psychic because you can tell in two sides. It's like anybody could see a bad actor, but the actors that we give awards to are the ones who you can't tell they're acting, like the Meryl Streeps because they're just that invested. It's kind of the same thing. Like, so I know Vincent's the real deal from everything that I've seen and read. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I have a question about your book. Um, yes. A couple of things about your book. Me I always too. bring up your book because. You oh, know thank what? you. <laughs> you know what? I I actually do practice. Uh, I know practice. he does. Everybody, we yeah. we text, and he just texted me the other day, and and he said I, he was doing the 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 autumn the autumn script. Yeah, and yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I've had some success with it, and you know I I discovered that I do have a, a phone addiction because ah. my, my my pattern has been. I, it doesn't matter what time I get up, I automatically go to my phone. I automatically check my email. I automatically, and so it's a real. It's okay. I used to do it too. I know it's it's it's, it's, it's a, a challenge because you know I can you're, tell you how to break the habit. You're, I do want to know, but you you say in the book, you know, you, you gotta you gotta get over that habit. You need to do the morning pages or the yeah the scripting before you oh, check yeah. in with the world. So, you know, yeah, or whatever, that. not even just my tools, anything you do, whether you meditate or you read or, you know, whatever your your morning routine is, even if it's non-spiritual or self-help, you know, motivated. Uh, yeah, you don't want to look at your phone because you're literally um, activating your brains. This is science here because I'm a big science nerd. Uh, you're activating- I you are. Yeah, you're activating your brain's uh, reticular activating system to basically, it's it's your mind's filter. So uh, it only has two functions. So from a primal level, it's there to make sure you survive. Also, though, it's there to point out everything in your environment that you need to, uh, that, that you've told it to focus on. So that's why when you wake up in the morning, you say, I'm going to have a bad day. It will, it literally, this, this part of your brain will go out through day and find all the examples of things being bad but it works the other way around for good stuff, which is why whatever your practices in the morning should be the first thing you do. It's the most, it's the the prime time to uh, program your filter for the day. However, if you go look at news or whatever, you know, I get it because I actually just yelled at my, my husband and my mom, not yelled, but they're, they're coming in every, you know, my mom's texting me, uh, Solly's walking in with news and this, that I, I finally yesterday, actually, Jim, I said, guys, what are you doing? Stop. And and ironically, a friend of mine who uh, is, is a well-known author just coined a term called doom scrolling, which mm. I think is genius. And it's yeah. actually like, she's a doctor. And she said, um, this is like, this is what this is. Like, this is the new term for, for when you, you know, you kind of get in that spiral right away in the morning or whenever, and you can't stop kind of going down that feedback loop. Yeah. So 
whatever. We all know we do it. I do it too sometimes, but here's the way to break it. And this is how I did it. So, you know, I know it works for my clients and it's worked for me, but if you have a smartphone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, they both have built into them something called it's a ver on my iPhone. It's called screen time. Uh, but I think it's a very similar name on Android. And essentially what you can do and what you should do is program it to, first of all, anything you go on or any uh, social media app, you just want to program it. I always say start at 20 minutes a day. So what it does is when you go on, say, Facebook, at 20 minutes, if it's 20 minutes spread out throughout the day or if it's 20 minutes all at once, however it works out, it will just lock you. It will a screen will come up and say you have hit 20 minutes and it makes it purposely difficult to actually like get back to where you're going. It'll give you like a five minute warning and then, you know. So what that does, though, it starts to just because it's hard to quit cold turkey. And there's a lot of scientific reasons behind that that I don't we don't have time to go into, but it's hard to just stop. So why screen time is great is because it actually allows you to sort of like slowly curb the habit over the course of it just takes a week or two. That alone is great. The other thing is you have to treat it like any other sort of uh lifestyle change, like you would a diet or or I, I hate the word diet, but you know, if you're changing right, your I eat understand. Or, Right. So what I did that worked for me, because I have a really strong willpower. So not going on it was easier for me, not doing social media and whatnot. But uh, what I had to do was break the like the mental habit. So you get an urge like you actually what I realized is wild because you you do feel you do because you do. your dopamine receptors are like, hey, buddy, what's going on? So yeah. <laughs> what I did uh, was I said, OK, instead of garbage land, uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, what can I replace this habit with? So it started with, uh, for me, I don't laugh, people will say home, but it was BuzzFeed. So I would just, every time I'm urged to go on social media for about a week, I would just go on BuzzFeed and it was kind of a good like gateway because it had the news <laughs> and it was colorful, you know, but it worked. Then I was able to, then I kind of got, felt like, oh, this, you know, for me, the, like the vibe, the, like, I was like, oh, a lot of news on here. I'm, let me just, let me, let me try something else, uh, which was good. It was a good sign. I mean, I was making progress. Right. Uh, and then I started to just do, I just would go onto my YouTube and I would just on YouTube, not my YouTube, but I would Google, you know, inspirational videos or, or research that I was doing for my next book. Um, and I just, every time I would have an urge, I would just switch what I would do. So when you have that, oh, I want to check social media or I want to check my phone or pick two things that you're going to just bounce between. So whether it's, you know, for me, it was BuzzFeed and YouTube. And it really quickly, you know, and this is the great thing about your brains is, you know, there's neuroplasticity. We're, we're, they're very flexible as much, you know, and, and in theory, things are always going to be a little easier to put in the practice, but the practice is what makes it stick. So that is what I would recommend to you. And, and, and if you really do it for two weeks, you will break the habit. And it's weird because I did use this analogy recently uh, uh, for an interview yesterday, but I said, it's, it's like, you know, I I'm 32 now, but when I was 22, I drank like a 22 year old drink, you know, drinks alcohol, sometimes go crazy. And, you know, as you get older, like, so any, about five or six years ago, I just, I'm, I, I'll have a drink maybe twice a year. It's I'm not against alcohol. Fine. Whatever, you know, teach his own for me. I don't need, when I say that though, even it's not that ugh, maybe one glass of something and I don't even finish it, but that's just me. I'm not against it. But if you've ever been the sober person around, around, uh, around a bunch of buzzed people or a bunch of drunk people, and I know, you know, for me personally, going into my mid twenties to my late twenties, I was like, oh God, is that what I was like? And yeah, you were Royce. Right. Uh, right. But right. then with social media and breaking the habits, it's the same feeling. And it's yeah. not like you're yeah. above them. And this is what I always say, like, you're not a, above or better than 
you have to look at your friends and family kind of like they're really buzzed about to be drunk and they they're at a party with you and they want to grab, grab their keys. Right. So how would you handle someone who right. doesn't realize they're a little inebriated? You know, right. you so you, you definitely you use the compassion and you but you also say, you know, enough's enough. You know, you got to reach it's, that point. It's yeah. actually it's the most relieving thing. Every every student I've had, every client I worked with that gets to that like sober drunk moment with their family and friends goes, oh, right. I'm so glad I stuck with it so right. awesome. it matters well that's awesome there's your 40 so, minute answer well that's <laughs> fine that's fine um so when i'm 32 i hope i'm so wise um obviously i'm oh god i'm, I'm about much wiser than i am I'm, I'm about 15 <laughs> um so uh are you ready for some dueling inspirational quotes i am i have my book you can see it the audience cannot because we can see each other but i actually literally have my book out all right you want to go first no i thought you would go first this time sure i could do that Okay, so I have used this one before, but I, I think it's perfect. Hey, if it's good, it's good. We are longing to bring into manifestation that which has been given us to bring forth. That is why we are sometimes restless and discontented. That which the world has to give does not satisfy. But when we go into the secret place, when we learn to be still and know the I am, God's perfect idea of us, we lack nothing. Wow, that's really good. Where's that, that from? Is, that's Myrtle Fillmore. Um, it's ah. it's in her uh, book, How to Let God Help You, which I think is a collection of a lot of her uh, letters and writings and that sort of thing. But it really spoke to me, and I thought today it was a good it was a good one. I I think that's a fantastic one. Um, okay, so mine is from uh, Eileen Caddy, The Foundations of Finehorn, um, which I recommend for anybody uh, who's interested, just in sort of maybe something inspirational and. It feels, uh, you know, I, I believe in the universe, I believe in God, but it's it's a kind of a non-religious way to connect uh, for sure. me sometimes. And I kind of use it like a like a devotional. I'll just kind of pop it sure. open. But um, you know, there's so many quotes in here that I love. But let's 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 do this. Okay, you cannot make yourself love anyone, but when you raise your consciousness, you are able to reach that state. When you know that all is of me and there is nothing else, no separation, that every soul is of me made in my image and likeness. Therefore, you are one. As long as you remain in that raised state of consciousness, you know the meaning of divine love and perfect peace and understanding fill your whole being. The power of love is penetrating. Nothing can resist it in the end. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Honestly, it wasn't the one I was going to read, but it was a book. It bookmark just flew out. So I was like, all right, I guess that, this, this is the right one. one. This is the right one. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, I love I love this. I love this book. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Are you ready to jump into the episode? I'm so excited. All right, let's go. And now it's time for our interview. The world-renowned Vincent Jenna is a triple power psychic, an authentic and gifted psychic with the knowledge and experience of a licensed psychotherapist. He combines his early background as a professional actor and singer, a master's in clinical social work, and his hospice experience helping more than 500 patients through the dying process with his uncanny skills as a metaphysician and psychic medium. Plus, Vincent has his own radio show on Unity Online Radio, this very channel, Stop Stopping Yourself, which, by the way, Vincent, is an awesome name for your show. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's so wonderful to have you on. Thanks for yeah, joining welcome. us. Thank you guys for having me. You, I mean, the two of you are just a blast and incredible energy. I know we're going to have a lot of fun here, okay? And That's how I feel. I'm so excited. Oh, good. So am I. Um, so I got to tell you the weirdest thing, both of you. This is, and I, 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 to everyone listening, I didn't say it off air. I actually held on to it because this is just so cool. So um, 
about 20 minutes ago, we take a break in between recording the pre-segment and the, the this part of the interview, a little behind the scenes peek. So we had a 20 minute break and uh, Jim had mentioned uh, Stop Stopping Yourself, which is your fantastic show. And I, I was like, oh, you know, I wanna do Start Starting Yourself. And I kept having these, I don't know. I was like, let me just go. And I feel like I missed a video or I missed something. Cause I watched and I was, you know, just like, because you're fantastic by the way. And I am a big fan. But I was like, he was telling me about this one one uh, thing that he had seen. So I was like, well, let me just go really quick and find it because I have 20 minutes and I feel I want to I want to watch it too. And the first video that comes up, as I'm sure you know, is uh, you did a reading on the, the uh, Logan Paul, the Paul brothers. Super, yeah, uh, just totally. I don't know them. I've never met them. Whatever. But last night and this morning, for whatever reason, but now I know why. I couldn't stop thinking. I never think about this person. I never watch him. And I couldn't stop thinking about him. And that was the confirmation I was saying, you know, my grandmother was a psychic intuitive and I always just kind of feel her around when it's, you know, it's someone right. And before the show, I, I didn't, I read your bio. I didn't realize you were an actor too. And I, I was saying to Jim, I was like, you know, I, I feel like he's such a fantastic psychic and it's easier as an actor, like, you know, Dink said was nine to tell when someone's not good at it, which you would know. So just to clarify, like, you know, don't you find it's even, it's easier in some ways to tell when someone's maybe not as intuitive. So wild confirmation for me because my grandmother was a psychic intuitive. Absolutely, it's validation and you're gonna receive validation all the time. You really are, oh, especially yeah. if you're supposed to be doing this work. Oh, so I, yeah. We're all psychic, we're all intuitive. But if we are not intent on following that, if it's not a regular practice, we ignore it, it flies right past us. We get the intuition, it goes past us, or we talk ourselves out of it, whatever. And that kind of is a sign that you're really not meant to do this work. But when things are happening for you, and plus you said you're an actor, you're a performer yourself. That means you're right-brained, Royce. Very. Holding yourself into your right brain, which is your creative side, your emotional side, your nurturing side, and your intuitive side. So you can't help. And I believe most actors do their work intuitively. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. You should. So absolutely. I, I don't doubt that at all. How cool, though, that it gives. I just loved it. For me being on your show. I like that. I know, me too. I thought it was just, the, it's just such a meant to be thing. I'm just, I awesome. love it. Awesome. So I have a question for you. Uh, what's the best way to tap into that in intuition? Tap into that, uh, that connection. Okay. Actually, there's, there's two foundational steps, shall we say, that, that you need to do above all. Okay. First, you need to believe. You need to believe that we are connected. You need to believe that we're more than this physical life and world. That's the whole message behind the meaning of metaphysical, beyond physical. You need to believe that you can, that you yourself are capable of tapping into your intuition. So that's the, the foundational step number one. Then step number two, you need to listen, listen and honor what you hear, what you see. And I'm talking about your internal hearing with your internal ear, your internal eye, or your third eye, or your mind's eye, whatever you wanna call it. Your brain thinks in images. It does not think 
in words. It thinks in images. It sees pictures. So therefore, whatever you see, whatever you hear then with your internal ear, honor it. You have to honor that. And then you speak it. That's how you honor it. You pay attention, you speak it. Okay, well, let me see. What am I feeling right now? I'm getting this feeling that I really shouldn't go over here. Um, okay, all right, I'm not going to go over there. Too many people wind up talking themselves out with their left brain. So your right brain is what holds all of that, as we've just said, Royce, right? And your yep. left brain is the intellect, the thinking part, the reasoning part. Well, the whole purpose for that part of your brain is only to label what you're feeling in your intuition and in the right part of your brain. It is not so that you can talk yourself in and out of anything. It's just to help you label what it is you're already feeling. So when you do those two steps together and you honor your inner voice, even um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, a very famous philosopher, he wrote in essays, right? That's how he wrote his books, in essays. One right. of his essays was called Self-Reliance. And it's all based on honoring your inner voice. Even if your inner voice is wrong, if you're going to fall, if you're going to make a mistake, at least it's on your words and not because you listen to somebody else. And the more you listen to your own voice, the louder it becomes, the clearer it becomes, and the more exacting it becomes. So those are the two major things that you have to start with, believing and listening and honoring. They go to hand in hand. I, I love what you said. Yeah. Oh, I'm I sorry. Was, go ahead, Bruce. I was just going to say, I, you know, I write, I, I can back up what you're saying with the, the we see in pictures, we think in pictures. I write about that in my book because a lot of people don't, they don't make that connection. That's just such a crucial point coming from uh, you, like, not that we're in different worlds, but from your side of the things, I just love. You, we do have a very almost primal way of thinking in pictures. You talk about thinking in pictures. How do you know what's imagination versus what's what's real? I mean, how do you determine oh, that? Oh, you're putting me on a spot, or at least you think. <laughs> yeah. That's actually an easy question. Good. There is no difference. Oh, interesting. Everybody wants to think. First of all, we are, as a species, about 11,000 years old. And the arrogance in humans is the belief that you can create something new. That all of a sudden you're thinking something new, that you're imagining something new. No, you're not. <laughs> you're only tapping into what was already created a long time ago. As a matter of fact, even Plato back in ancient Greece, he I have my, that's off. Oh, wow. That must be Plato calling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sign for everyone to pay attention to this Plato. Right. I have that on do not disturb and it still came through. That must be a major message. See, talk about another synchronicity here. I know. Plato taught the concept of forms. And in his theory, in his mind, in his philosophy, he believed the only reason why we can come up with an idea or create something is because the form of it already exists. Okay, so therefore imagination is tapping into what already exists. Making it up in imagination is this exact same 
um, meaning, just so that you know. Um, and when I'm teaching my students on how to be psychic or mediumship or anything like that, I'm like, if you're making it up, if you're imagining it, if you think that it's coming out of someplace or you're pulling it out of you know where, doesn't matter because mm. it's all the same place, first of all. And it's actually how the higher part of you, spirit, the guides, whoever you want to talk about, speak to you through your imagination. Albert Einstein knew that. He said, tell me what God is thinking and the rest I don't need to know, the details I don't need to know. And what he meant by that is, is he believed God was a force, a power, and it spoke to you in inspirations, okay? And so to him, whenever he had an inspiration, that was God telling him or a thought telling him that this is what you're supposed to be doing. So he acknowledged it right away that it was reality. As a matter of fact, every luminary did. Every person who created something. Wilbur Wright did the exact same thing. Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, every single one of them. I can go on and on and on and mention them. The moment it came into their brains, they didn't consider that made up, right? Or just imagination. They called it inspiration and it must be real. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been in here. Mm -hmm, Where did mm -hmm. I get it from? I totally agree. It's funny, even when, when you mentioned that, Jim, I was thinking to myself, wait, I don't think there's a difference, but not, not, to, not to go against you. I had to take a second while you were asking the question. I was going, wait. So I just felt inspired, uh, talking about imagination, to ask you about empathic shielding. Uh, you know, I think people are feeling a lot of anxiety right now. And one of the things that I, I know with my clients that I have is this feeling of how do we protect ourselves? And I feel like there's no better person to ask but you. Okay, well, all right. Let me give you my theory of the empath. And okay. not empathy. We have to distinguish there is a difference between empathy and being empathic, okay? And I'm probably one of the very few practitioners who will try to teach this to people. There is no way, nada, not even a little of your ability to be able to feel another person's pain. Never, ever, ever, because then we would be victims victims to another person. No, you're not. You cannot feel another. Your individual experience is your individual experience and another person's individual experience is theirs. Wow. And being empathic, people claim that they are feeling another person's pain. Matter of fact, they don't go and do this type of work because it's too draining, it's too painful. They don't go in big groups because they can feel everybody's negativity. And actually, it's become an altruistic trait now. Everybody, oh, you're so sensitive. Oh my gosh, you're such a good person. You can feel another person's pain. No, you're not. You're completely out of control and you need help. I, <laughs> Blown away. That's the best explanation I've ever heard, and you just blew my mind. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna inter I'm, I'm gonna interrupt you. I apologize, but we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. strength and I've known I have within me 
greater talent to express, more courage I can muster, more faith that I can show. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to a slightly off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter. All right, before I rudely interrupted, we were talking about being an empath and and what that means and what that experience is really like. I'm sorry, Vincent, go right ahead. All right, and you're not rudely interrupting. My wife has to shut me up too, so don't worry (laughs) about it. Here is what being an empath is all about. Another person's pains are inciting your own. It has to do with your own issues, your own pains. And if you have many of them that you have not healed, that you have not worked on, and you're with another person who is experienced their pains, it immediately unconsciously reminds you of your own and brings them to the surface, which is exactly what's been going on in the world today with this coronavirus and pandemic. It is not instilling new stress. It is bringing to the surface all the old stress that has been tormenting you and you've not been doing anything with. Now, that's not to say what's going on is not stressful. However, if it was just the pandemic that is going on, We as humans have always been able to handle since the beginning of time, different crises, but you're not just dealing with this one crisis. You're dealing with every single crisis in your life that you have suppressed within your unconscious mind. So being empathic is actually a person who needs to be able to heal and go within and need some help because they are not controlling or able to release any of their own issues. Now, empathy, on the other hand, is a divine trait. Even though we cannot feel another person's pain, because of our own experiences, we are capable of imagining how painful something can be. So when I look at a person who comes to me and they've lost a child, Now, I have never experienced that pain, so I can't say I completely understand it. However, when I look at my own children and the thought of losing one of them, my imagination lets me know how painful that must be. That's what allows me to then connect and relate to that person. And it's how brothers and sisters get along with each other is through empathy, through compassion. So, so we have to begin to understand, actually, that's the direction we're supposed to be going in, is learning how to, to have empathy and compassion for your fellow human beings, your fellow brothers and sisters in this physical or spiritual world. It doesn't matter. But being empathic, completely different. I hope that helped. That was the Reader's Digest a brief version. I, I cannot tell you that was the, I'm glad I listened to my, my intuition and asked you that because that blew my mind and I feel like it's going to help so many people. And I agree with you in, on every front. It's hard to tell them that. That's why they've got, I've got so many practitioners in my field who've actually created classes to keep enabling them 
You're just yep. wonderful, sensitive people. And that is not helping them. It's a Band-Aid maybe temporarily, but it absolutely is not helping them. It's actually making the situation worse. It keeps them from doing the work to heal themselves. Now you started down that path a little a moment ago and and the path of dealing with what's going on in these these times and you know I, I guess I wonder what can we learn about these times from these times How deep do you want to go with that Jim uh, let's say medium <laughs> You're looking at me I'm not a medium I'm a large <laughs> Well, I should narrow that, that, that term down a bit. Um, <clears throat> so here's the idea. There are four stages of consciousness that we must evolve to. When we first came on this planet, the initial belief was that everything is happening to us, right? We were victims here. That's how we felt. We felt victimized here. Then as we have grown and learned and we go to the other side, do our work there, come back again. Maybe we evolve to the next level of consciousness, which is the for me consciousness. Everything is happening for me, for my growth. That's basically where a lot of the new thought, new age beliefs are right now. And most people are, okay, and you'll hear them. Oh, maybe this virus is happening so that we can grow from it, so that we can use the opportunity of learning from it, right? So things are happening for me. But that's only stage two of spiritual awareness and consciousness. Stage three, if you get to evolve to that, and by the way, you can keep floating back and forth to each of these stages. Stage three is the concept of through me, that now spirit and the universe are acting through me. I'm a conduit. I'm, I'm the catalyst. And you'll hear that. A lot of healers will turn around and will say, oh, I'm not doing the healing. A spirit is doing that. If they're coming through me, it's coming through me. The energy is coming through me. And, and I'm cleansing and clearing myself so that I can be that catalyst. Okay. But that's only level three. In order for us understand truly and deeply what is going on in the universe today, we must understand level four. As us. It's not happening to us. It's not happening for us. It's not happening through us. It's happening because it is us. We are one with that. If source is one with everything and source created us, and didn't separate from us, and we are one with source, source is one with us, therefore we are one with everything as well, which is why we can influence so much of this planet and affect it in a positive way, in a negative way. It's how we affect each other because we are one with everything. You feed into the negative pool of a person, you don't like them, you hate them, you, you talk negative, you're actually giving them more power, okay? That is the concept of understanding as us, what is happening here? We have been an actual virus for a very long time in the way we've treated each other. We'd like to think we're advancing. No, 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 no. The knowledge is advancing. The right. knowledge is coming out, but the people are not applying it the same way because we are still fighting some of the same battles we did when we first appeared here. Equality. Right. 
all of that nonsense. Why should we even be thinking that gays are an abomination or that women are less than men and that blacks are, you know, are, are the worst things on the face of the planet? Why are we still thinking about those things? So just because the knowledge is here and we have all these wonderful spiritual centers does not mean we're there. So we have been an actual disease then to each other. And guess what we did? We literally and physically created it. Interesting. Coronavirus is. I, uh, you are just incredible. I, I'm like vibrating. I don't even know. This is so amazing. I hope everybody well, out there feels like I do right now. <laughs> I'm like just sitting here and you've made me basically speechless, which is a, a positive thing because I so, swear. So let me ask you, you know, yeah. we, we talk about wanting to, you know, everybody says, when are we going to get back to normal? You know, and, and will we ever get back to normal? We don't want to. Normal. normal is what created this. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. We abnormal. We want a new normal. And the new normal is the understanding. Here's what's so funny. What are the doctors? Let's take away spirituality for a minute because everybody thinks, you know, your mainstream people, oh, that's woo woo stuff. That has nothing to do with what's going on, God, and all of that stuff. Okay, so let's remove it. What are the scientists and the doctors say? You have to, number one, you have to take care of yourself. You have to boost your immune system. You have to do everything you can to become stronger. Number two, you have to wear a mask and keep yourself from getting the virus. Wash your hands constantly, disinfect, take a, take a shower when you go out and come in. Number three, then you need to do the same thing to think of others. So oh, that yeah. you're not passing it on. Mm -hmm. So the scientists are telling us, care about yourself, which is loving yourself. Care about others, which is loving others. Well, isn't that funny? Isn't Weird. the exact same thing as the spiritual concept? So science and spirituality aren't separate. We've not come to a place yet where everybody is honoring those understandings and the numbers are going up and they want to complain. You see, it, it, it has nothing to do with this virus. We're talking about people who are fearful in their lives to start with. You're either living off of fear or you're living off of love. As you know, two ways you can live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you can see the fearful ones because anger comes from that. Resentment comes from that. Lashing out comes from that. It's the Cain and Abel story. That's the whole reason for that story in the Bible is a metaphysical story to tell us what we're capable of. And when you come from fear, you act like Cain. When you come from love, you act like Abel. And the, the, the Cain in you can kill and override the Abel in you. And that's what's happened. So, so the science of healing this it's not going to be a vaccination. I'm sorry. I don't want to, you know, to blow smoke up people's ass or burst their bubbles. It is no, there's no curing a virus. Isn't that funny that something comes along that the only way it's going to go away is if we care more. Yes. That's oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We care more about ourselves. Now we're not negating ourselves. We have to think about ourselves and we have to think about others. Because it goes hand in hand. If you're not thinking about yourself, you're going to get sick. If you're not thinking about others, you're going to pass it to them. And it can be passed right back to you. So it still involves you. It has to be about this caring. And then that virus will be gone. But at the same time we're healing the virus, 
we'll be healing the major problems of the world. But you see, one thing that we do as souls, we're blind. And Jim, we were talking about imagination, right? Right. Well, guess what? We can't make up the, this pandemic. It's right in front of our faces. And unfortunately, as beings, we sometimes need to have it shoved right in front of us, right here, in order to see it. And still, even some people don't see the, the, the tree for the forest. <laughs> they still don't see it. But that's how we've become. And this coronavirus, boom, has smacked us in the face. You see, people, this is what you need to do. And I'm only hoping, people ask me, okay, you're psychic, predict what's going to happen. And you just asked me, is this going to get better? Well, here's the belief I have. I have the greatest hope in people that they can make the right choice. I have the greatest hope in people that they can make the right choice. I'm not going to be able to predict. And if anybody tells you they can predict, then they're fooling themselves as to whether they are going to make the right choices. Do you know that the messages I get from spirit, the angels and the, anybody on the other side, they're all telling me, we have no idea what you're going to do next. Interesting. 100%. Because we, we had planned inside of us the energy, the knowledge and the wisdom to take the correct path. The force was always there, like in the movie Star Wars. By the way, George Lucas was very metaphysical and spiritual. I knew that and I met a producer who was friends with him and told me, yes, you're absolutely right. He wrote that story about us. Mm -hmm. It's about our relationship with the God so ourselves, that. that power. The force has always been there and we're tapped into it and we either use it the right way or we use it the wrong way. We use it on the light side or the dark side. And what flips you to the dark side? Fear. What flips you to the light side is love. So there's where the healing and the changes must come. We must use this power and force the right way. Otherwise, and you can go back and forth. So that's why they have no idea what we're going to do. And free will, they can't predict it. So if they can't predict it, I'm not. Go ahead. You go where you want to go. Okay. <laughs> we could talk to you forever, to be honest. And really? I hope you'll I hope you'll come back with us. Oh. Um, so stop stopping yourself. What's our biggest issue with stopping ourselves? Okay. I this is the, the foundation of all the work that I've done. And actually, my book is called God, It's Not Working. <laughs> and and originally, if we, we remember that the, the idea of me even coming on your show here was to talk about how you can get all you can, all you want and all you desire. And there's a million and one books out there. And I, I'm not unique in being able to help people transform their lives. What I am unique in is why I know why people aren't. There is a difference. All these philosophies focus on what to do what to do a matter of fact even the new thought concepts all right Ernest Holmes any of them always talked about what to do now in order to get what you want but they're missing the major point unless you understand to start with why you haven't gotten all you want you cannot make 
all you want, okay? So the philosophies are doing this. Come with, play with me for a minute and imagine this. You've got a whiteboard in your mind, a whiteboard. And I want you to think if you wrote on that whiteboard every single negative belief you ever had, every doubt, every fear, every anything that was negative and not in accordance with the magnificence of who we are. Just think about it being written all over that whiteboard. Okay, now you just discovered the new thought concepts. You discovered spirituality. You discovered all these beautiful beliefs about who you are. So now you take that whiteboard and on top of it, you paste all these pretty pictures. You paste the affirmations, you paste the new beliefs, you paste the new concepts, right? You, you paste all of that wonderful stuff. Have you gotten rid of the negative beliefs that are deep within you or have you just covered them up? So in order to clean, and you can't just go up to this whiteboard in your mind and take an eraser like you can do in a real whiteboard and it's all gone. Even though when you do that on a real whiteboard, you know there's still stuff left behind. Don't you hate that on a brand new whiteboard? You use these erasable markers and you still can't get it. <laughs> what you do. Well, that's the same thing in your brain. You can't wipe that out until you understand why it's there. Mm-hmm. So my stop stopping yourself first is to be able to acknowledge that there is a part of your brain, your psychological brain, all right, that was created for you and comes with you wherever you go, not just the physical one, but the mind itself. It has certain responsibilities on its own without your control. The top function is to keep you alive. The second primary function is to protect you, that's how it keeps you alive. Now we know how it protects us physically, and the coronavirus is an example of that. What's one of the symptoms, a low grade fever? Well, the coronavirus is not causing the fever. It's your brain that's causing the fever to raise your body temperature to make the virus an unlivable environment. And hopefully that will kill it off. It's not paying attention to the fact that the temperature is uncomfortable for you and can even kill you if it goes too high. Not paying attention to that. It's trying to protect you. Well, how does it protect you with emotional pain? It will create a new set of beliefs for you to shield you and protect you from what you're really believing about yourself. Those are the defense mechanisms and part of your brain. So it will make you believe instead of believing, I'm not good enough. It'll make you believe, wait a minute, he's the one that's causing my problems. She's the reason why I'm unhappy. The economy, the this, the that, whatever, it will create all of these new beliefs. So therefore, they're all false beliefs they're just a shield to keep you from believing what you really believe about yourself. And so there is the major block and how you stop yourself. That's why most people don't believe what they think they believe. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. Their brain has created a protection. So what I do in my work, first of all, is to point out the defense and the block. It's not the negative belief that is actually stopping you. It's the denial and the not working with those beliefs that is stopping you. Interesting. The moment you tap into them and, and, and psychology knows this, I was a psychotherapist. The major breakthrough 
for anybody is when they can admit what they're really feeling about themselves. Now, some people it's easy, but that's very rare. There's always that 10 to 15% of clients that can you know, walk around all day long thinking they're a piece of crap, okay? Right. And they acknowledge it, but the majority of people don't think that. The majority of people can't understand why. Well, I was in a bad relationship and the way he treated me, the way she treated me, that's why I'm so depressed. No, that's not why you're depressed. That's not what's causing your depression. Your own self feelings are causing your depression, not the way you were treated or what somebody else said to you. So what are those self beliefs? Those are the maladaptive beliefs mm -hmm. that people or it's been created for people in their youths. Because, and you see how I didn't say youths? <laughs> in their youths. And it was from the negative messages they received from their environment growing up. And I call them the I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not deserving, I'm not worthy, whatever it is. That's what people are really harboring in their mind. So when you come with a new thought, a new belief system, a new wonderful philosophy, and people are trying it, and they end up saying, God, it's not working, it's not working. It's because they're not really believing what the philosophy is telling them. They're not believing that they should be abundant and that they can manifest all that they want and that they deserve it. They're believing, I'm, I don't deserve that. I'm not good enough. What's on the marker board that right. they haven't worked on. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you know, we only have two minutes, uh, you know, about four minutes left. Would you be open? Yeah, we don't have much time. It's been so much. Um, so would you mind doing a, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask if you would mind doing a one minute speed reading for us. Oh, well, what minute? <laughs> or you can just two minutes for him. Great. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Um, Jim, Jim, let me say, okay. Um, expand, all I keep hearing is the word expansion. Since I met you, saw you is expansion, expanding your career, expanding it out even further. But here is the only way that that's going to happen is when you believe you're that big enough. All right. Thank um, you. <laughs> so the concept of a goldfish, people don't understand. You always see them in the little bowl. Well, they are one of the only creatures that if you pour them into a larger environment, a pool or a pond, they grow to those gorgeous toys. Well, that is for you and me to understand that if you pour yourself into a bigger dream, a bigger belief about yourself, you will grow to fit that dream. And that's what's coming up for you. You must be working on that now. This is the reason why we met, because all these wonderful things that the world is going to see more of you. Okay. Without a doubt. All right. And Thank this you. is where you must go from this point on. But it starts with your self-belief. Let go of the past and believe how big you really are. Royce, everything oh. you touch will succeed. Um, your mentor, you. um, your, your program, there's more film, there's more television. There, when, it, when it starts coming out, of course, we're, we're doing a lot of online stuff. But they're saying, just forget that idea. Keep going with it because you will explode the moment it goes back into the, the, the stage of, of being physical and in a physical studio, which they're still doing some of that now. Right. Um, there's more. You are expanding. Eventually, the two of you should be writing a book together. That's going to be one thing and a, 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 a book of inspiration because you're going to combine some of the work that you've done here and some of the guests that you've had on and the knowledge you already have. And it should go out there in written form. Um, but, but 
Royce, without a doubt, it's, you will always be heard, you will always be seen because that is your destiny. And, and you must realize you created that before you came in with all your talents. And by the way, I don't know, are you singing or have you sung in the past? Because that's a really interesting aspect of music with you that is coming oh, out. Oh, I'm gonna, happy cry. Thank you for saying all that. Yes, I used to, I used to do theater and Broadway and all that when I was little. And I've lately, I heard my grandma telling me in 10 different dreams, you need to sing more just because it gets me in that high vibration. So thank you. I oh, it definitely is a high vibration, but it's also another the way to to put your verbiage and your message across i sing at my events because i used to be a professional entertainer myself and so i keep that in there so every one of your talents they're all i love that every one of them that's so and awesome to figure out how to pull it together okay. okay one one final question here uh what's the weirdest reading you've ever done the weirdest reading I have ever done. Okay, the weirdest reading I have ever done was actually a mediumship connection. A client came to the door, she booked me, she came to the door, I opened the door, I said, oh, hello. And she said, I want you to know right now, I do not believe in this crap, I don't believe in you. There is nothing about this that I can even understand, but I am so desperate. My mother died two months ago, she was my best friend. And I, I've lowered myself to the lowest extreme to come to you <laughs> and here if you can prove you've got to prove to me now normally i give the money back and i say thank right. you very much but my job is not to prove to you but i heard a voice say to me take her on she not only wow. is my best client she refers hundreds of people to me she has this gorgeous home that she invited me to use to do events I have not only saved her life I saved her father's life who had stage four cancer her mother comes to me and I get the most details that proves it. she just she says you've made my day you've changed me you've changed me as a person she believes more she came to me as a complete skeptic cynic and the worst that I had ever dealt with in the beginning. So that awesome. was the best and craziest reading. Awesome. Well, you got to come back. Will you come back, Vincent? <laughs> Try to get me off. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent. Of course I'll come back. The two of you are like unbelievable. I do want to hug you both. I know. That's how I feel. I want to just give you a big hug and just, oh my God. I know. I'm, a, I'm a just another grandfather to you. I'm a brother or your brother. brother. <laughs> Definitely brother. Oh, okay. Um, Vincent Jenna is the host of Stop Stopping Yourself right here on Unity Online Radio. You can also visit his website at vincentjenna.com. For more information about Royce Christen, go to roycechristen.com and check out his book, Scripting the Life You Want. I've got some premium video courses and help to create them on youthrivehere.com. Vincent, Royce, it's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Big Universe. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show 
by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.